Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. What's up, fam? Welcome back to the What's Good podcast. I am so excited for today. Today is extremely special, and I know I say this every week, but this time it really is because this is our 100th episode of the What's Good podcast, and we are doing something very special. So if you saw on my Instagram, we did a giveaway, and we gave away for five people to come here with a guest to be a part of this, like, audience for my podcast and this is the coolest thing ever so i actually have friends in the room today make a little noise make a little noise i have friends here from all over we just met and this is just the coolest thing i just want to say thank you everyone who's listened to the podcast this is amazing that this is our 100th episode it has come so far since we started and i've enjoyed every part of the journey today is going to be a little different i'm not interviewing anyone it's just me and my friends and i'm actually going to be sharing a message today from my new book, Who Are You Following? That's coming out in February. So this is kind of a book launch, 100 episode. This is a good day, a day the Lord has made. We are easily rejoicing today. Um, and I'm just stoked. I'm stoked to share this message with y'all. It's one that has been on my heart for a while. I've shared bits and pieces of it throughout the past years. If you heard my passion message, um, Does God Love Me? This is kind of like a spinoff of that or even like... Um, kind of more thoughts after I gave that message. I was thinking about that. And this is in my new book. So um, as I was preparing for this, you know, I obviously was thinking about all of you, but I was also thinking about there are going to be girls in this room who I am able to share this word with. Um, So I'm kind of going to be looking all over. I'm going to be looking at my friends, but I invite you to join us in this conversation because if anything, I think that this can be a breakthrough moment for every single person listening. So my first question to literally everyone here, and everyone listening online is, do you have a past? Yes. Okay. I thought we'd all be in agreement that we all have a past. If you don't have a past, I'd be like, how'd you get here? That's kind of weird. <laughs> but I'm excited to know that we're all on the same page here. Okay. Um, I have a little bit of a deeper question. Do you have a past that you're not proud of? Yes. Okay. So now we're getting a little bit more serious. The tone has shifted. Um, and I think most everybody has a past that you might not be proud of. Um, And that is why I wanted to write this chapter in this book. My book is Who Are You Following? But I think a lot of times the thing that stops us from following God is who we used to be or who we used to be known as or what we used to be a part of or what we did that we think disqualifies us from following God. So the reason I wrote this chapter of the book is because I had met this girl she was like a beautiful girl, so sweet, love her, and she had a bad past. She made a bad mistake in high school, and that mistake was made public. And um, then, that, and that was years ago. It was like her freshman year of high school. Then she goes to college, and she's trying to get in a sorority. And all of these sororities would not accept her because of the thing that she did, like 
four years ago that everybody knew about that resurfaced when she, you know, had this opportunity to go to college. And I just thought, man, that is so sad, like that she can't have this opportunity to, you know, continue on into her future and something that she would love to do because of something she did that's not even a representation of who she is. Like, she's changed since then. Like, that's not even her. Like, it was so unfair. And I think a lot of times, like, not just in the sorority world, we feel that in the church. It's like, we can't be accepted into that because of who we used to be, what we used to do, what we used to be a part of. And I think that that's a really hard thing. Um, And it's hard to get past your past. It's hard to press past your past and follow Jesus, especially whenever, like, it's public. I remember this is like not even like a bad thing to be known as, but this was just a funny thing. Um, So my family had a TV show, Duck Dynasty, and everybody kind of knew me as the Duck Dynasty girl, okay? Because like I didn't really have like a big part in the show always. I was just like the daughter, you know? And so I would like be in public and people would be like, are you that duck girl? And I'd be like, no, I'm not the duck girl. And people are like, are you that girl from Duck Dynasty? Are you that duck girl? And it was actually like so funny because it happened so much that me and my friend Lainey uh, found this like duck hat one time. It was like a duck mask. And I literally put it on and walked through a store. And Lainey was like, are you the duck girl from Duck Dynasty? And I was like, yes, it's me. Um, but no, it was actually frustrating like so much. I was like, no, I'm not the duck girl. People would say like, are you Willie Robertson's daughter? Are you Willie's daughter? Are you, you know? And I'm like, no, like, I'm me. Like, that's not who I am. Like, that's a part of me. That's something that I was a part of. That's something I did, but that's not me, you know? And I think that's a funny example, but it's frustrating when that's like um, an example of something that you're ashamed of or you're embarrassed of. It's like, weren't you that girl that used to party? Like, aren't you that girl that did this? Aren't you the girl that, like, for me, even that dated all those guys? Or aren't you the girl that used to have panic attacks? And you're like, yeah. And then you start to be like, well, actually, is that me? Like, and so there's this tension of like who I was and who I actually want to be. And it, it, Christian and I have talked about this a lot. Christian's here too. As you're watching, I, I point at him because he's he's over there. We have a, a little bit bigger audience today because some of my friends and my mom are, is here. And we talk about this a lot because Christian used to be like so bound by his past, so stuck at his past because he had a wilder past and he, you know, came to the Lord. But it was this tension of like, oh, but they all know me for that. So how can I really embrace who I am? And I think that that is such a strategic tactic of the enemy. I mean, seriously, when you think about it, you're like, well, duh, he would make you want to feel stuck. Because as long as the enemy can make you feel stuck in who you were, he doesn't have to worry about who you're going to become. If he can make you feel like, no, that is who you are. No, no, you did do that. And, he, and somebody can come up to you and say, weren't you that person? And as long as you feel stuck, he doesn't have to worry about the world seeing a miracle. He doesn't have to worry about the world seeing the power of the gospel. He doesn't have to worry about someone going from dead to life. He doesn't have to worry about any of that. As long as you can, he can make you feel like you are who you were, you are your mistakes, you are all these things, and you are stuck there. So I want to read a verse to you. It's in Romans 6, 1, uh, 6, 1 through 4. Sorry, uh, We're going to read a couple verses today, but I love this. It says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin so that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried before him with baptism into death in order that just as Christ raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. 
So there, there is this, the power of the gospel is that we have a hope of the newness of life, that there is a resurrection story for us. And so I want us all today, no matter what past you have, no matter what your background is, no matter what you're known as or known for or what you did, to actually be able to step into who you're going to become. So here's my questions for us to ask ourselves. How do I become who I am when everybody knows me for what, who I was? That's like the question that I've kind of proposed this day. And I think number one um, is that you have to know who you are. You have to know it. And you have to know what God's word says about you. Because if you don't know who you actually are and who you've become and what the word says about you, then you will listen to the voice of the enemy. As soon as someone comes up to you and reminds you of what you did, you would probably shrink back and say, oh, like you're right. I feel so much shame. Like, yeah, that was me, you know. If you don't know, actually know I am whole, I am redeemed, I am washed by the blood of God, I am an ambassador for Christ, I have become new, that is the power of the gospel. If you're not rooted in that, then you're gonna believe the lie of enemy. You're gonna believe yourself. You're gonna believe the people, what the people say about you. You're gonna believe the comments that people post on your Instagram. And so I think what you have to do is you have to have that weapon in your heart. So when someone does come up and says something to you and reminds you of who you were, or whenever the sorority drops you, or whenever you don't get the job for whatever, whatever reason, or whenever you're not in the relationship, or whenever the enemy himself gets right into the, you know, worst part of your brain and tells you that, you have to say, actually, no, that's not true. That is who I was, but thank God for the power of the cross. He sacrificed himself and then died and then resurrected so I can live a new life. And actually, I'm not that person anymore. I am brave. I'm bold. I'm redeemed. I'm whole. I'm free. I am walking in love because I am loved. I am confident. Like, you got to speak those things out for yourself because no one else is probably going to do that. You know, like I can do that right now for everyone here. I can say like, you are whole, you are redeemed, you are loved, you are a child of God, you are free. Like, don't you see it? But like, unless you say it and you believe it, it's not going to activate, it's not going to change. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The second thing is you actually have to commit your life to Jesus. You got to commit. I think that is a huge part of the book that I talk about is like committing. When you're going to follow God, you got to commit. So many times we're like, okay, like I'm going to raise my hand. I believe in God, but like I'm not going to change anything about my life. It's like, well, did you actually believe in the gospel? Because like the gospel, it requires like a huge change, like a dead to life situation. Like everything changes. Like who I used to be is not who I am. And so you have to commit because you can't fully be who you're going to become when you're still living the life that you used to live and who you were. Like it would actually be super weird if Paul, this Christian who wrote like all of these New Testament books was still murdering Christians. You'd be like, uh, so, something ain't right about that, you know, like, hold up, uh, I see some, uh, something off here, you know, like the powerful thing about it is that he committed and that he didn't turn back is that he went and met with the disciples, despite the fact that they were scared of him, literally scared of him. He pressed past all that. If you think about all these people in the Bible, so many people had to press past the past to be, um, who they are called to be and to actually step into what God was going to do. Like think about Moses. 
Moses was like this, you know, super, uh, it was actually kind of weird whenever you read the story of Moses. Like he was super intimidated. He was super nervous. He actually had a horrible speech impediment, all these different things. He also murdered someone. So that's, you know, not great. But then like he still led an entire generation out of slavery because he walked with God in that moment. You think about Gideon. He was like a very like insecure person. Like I'm the weakest of them all. He led an entire army. Okay. He got over his past and he moved forward. When you think about, um, Paul, this is the best, one of the best examples. It's like he was literally murdering Christians and then he became a Christian himself and wrote like half the New Testament, if not more than half. And, you know, if you really think about this, had these people not trespassed the past, do you understand that our life would look different? Like in 2021, thousands of years later, our life would be completely different if Paul never actually pressed past Saul. Isn't that very interesting to think about? Like, what's your favorite Bible verse? It's probably something Paul wrote. Like, we think, I can do all these degrees, truth means Paul. Like, we think about, like, there's no height or death, nor angel, nor demon, nor past, nor present, nor nothing that can separate me from the love of God. Paul. He said that. So this guy, who literally used to kill Christians, is saying there is nothing. There's no height, nor death. There's no angel. There's no past. There's no present. There's no future that can separate me from the love of God. But then why, why, why do you feel like you can be separate from the love of God? Why do you say, well, because, I, well, Sadie, because I did this. Like, do you, I mean, if, if anyone ever knew that, mm-hmm. I would be so disqualified from living this life for God. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul didn't feel that way. He could have definitely felt that way. I mean, think about Peter. Peter was this guy who, I mean, I see so much about myself in him. It makes me laugh. He's like, I'm so brave and so bold, except for, do I really believe, oh, no, I'm falling in the water. Like, you know, he's like, I'm going to cut your ear off. I don't even know the guy. Like, he's, like, so brave and, like, so fearful at the same time. And I, I see that in myself. Like, I can just go so hard and then just get chicken over, like, the weirdest stuff. But, like, he was just so awesome. And so Peter's a great example because Peter had to press past the past of even denying Jesus to then walk with God in the future. But Peter was the rock that Jesus built the church on. So even if Peter... Peter didn't press past the past. We wouldn't even have a church. Like Acts 2, like the whole thing, like Peter led that moment. And so you have to see that like we are impacted by people pressing past their past. So you got to think about that in your own life. What people am I going to reach whenever I finally get past who I used to be and actually become who God has already redeemed and called me to be? You know, like live the life that he's called you to be. Don't let people, don't let your past hold you back. We have to start living this way. Like don't, I just, when I think about it, I'm like, it's so just crazy because it's literally what the gospel is. Like if you'd open the book and you read it, you're like, wait, why do I feel like I can't do something because I'm a sinner? Even though Christ died for me while I was a sinner and the whole reason he came down is because I am a sinner and then he resurrected so I could have a new life. It's like, you see what I'm saying? Like, why do we get in our head? It's because the enemy is, he's smart. He's good like that. Um, One thing I wanted to talk about was the life of Peter. Because Peter's life, I I talk about Peter's life a lot. Y'all might have heard my message from Passion. And I love the story of Peter because it's such a redemptive story. And I do see a lot of myself in him. But one thing I love about the life of Peter, because I kind of talked about like committing to God, is that once you commit, it's really hard to go back. And I put it like this in the book. Once you follow Jesus, it's hard to unfollow Jesus. It's really easy to unfollow someone on Instagram. You're like, eh. 
unfollow. <laughs> and trust me, like, it's so funny because people are like, oh, you have so many followers. I'm like, it's so funny. Like, if you look at my Instagram account, and, and people have said to me, like, I'm scared to, like, you know, claim Jesus because, like, I'm going to lose followers. I'm like, do you want to go look at my analytics? I, like, gain, like, 6,000 followers a day, and I lose, like, 5,000 every single day. So, like, every single day, 5,000 people are like, nope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, great, I gained. But also, like, 5,000 people are like, I don't really like what you're saying. So, like, you know, it's easy to unfollow. And we can do that. We have the ability to do that. That's fine. If people don't like what you say, they can unfollow. But Jesus is actually different. It's actually really hard to unfollow once you've tasted and seen the goodness of God. Because once you've seen it, and you try to go back to your old life, it's no longer fulfilling. And so what's happening is it's like, we've seen it, we wanna do it, but then we actually are scared to commit because what if people think this about us and we try to go back and then we feel empty because now we know this has no meaning, but we're just doing it because this is what people you know, say, this is what we should do and this is what's cool and this is what's trendy. And it's like, but actually this is not doing anything for anybody. And Peter actually tried to do that. So the story of Peter in a nutshell, Peter was a fisherman. Jesus shows up one day and is like, drop your net, follow me. So this fisherman drops his net, follows Jesus. They become bros, literally like best, like I know this is kind of a funny term, but like for real, bros, like best friends, like they did everything together. Like if you read the word, like that is like his person. Okay, like he was there for everything that like Jesus went through um, and really just stayed super close. Well, at the end of Jesus's life, Jesus says like, you're gonna deny me four times before the rooster crows. And Peter's like, I will never do that. Like you are my ride or die. And then the next night he denied him three times, like before the rooster crowed in the most insane settings like there was a servant girl who was like aren't you the guy and he was like nope not me and then it was like the guy it actually was the cousin of the guy's ear he cut off which the bible i love that they put that in there i'm like that is so weird but then he was like (laughs) nope not me so he like denies him all this time then what does peter do after that he goes back fishing because he's like well this is over i'm i ruined that you know, I think sometimes we do that. We get in this life with Jesus and we realize like, oh, we messed up. So we go back to our past. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't working out for me, so I need to go back. So we went back fishing and guess what? He was catching nothing. He was coming up empty handed. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how it happens for us. When we go back to our past, it's empty. It's not fulfilling. We don't get anything from that. So he's sitting there and then Jesus shows up. And Jesus, you know, gives a little advice like, hey, cast your net on the other side. Like, you're looking in the wrong place, bro. So he casts it out on the other side, and they come up with all these fish. But what's amazing is when Peter, when Jesus showed back up in Peter's life, they didn't know it was Jesus at first because Jesus looked different. But then they realized it was Jesus. And I have to think about myself in this scenario. If I was back doing what I used to be doing after having this insane, amazing relationship with Jesus— and Jesus showed back up where I was at, and I realized it was Jesus. What, what would you do? Would you be a little scared? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, like, I just denied you. Like, I would be a little scared. I would feel like this is not good. Like, I would probably, like, hide. You know, like, this, this is not good. And I think that's what we want to do is, like, when we feel like we've done something bad, we want to hide. Like, we want to hide our past. We don't want anybody to know our past. And I will say, for those listening, I'll acknowledge this. I think the church has made us feel like that way sometimes. Yeah. And I'm, uh, not every church. I think the global, sometimes the church and religion will make you feel like you need to hide. That's too far. That's too bad. Like, Jesus, no, you can't even be in proximity with Jesus, you know? But, like, that's actually not how Jesus is. And I know that because when I read the story of Peter and Jesus, who Peter knew Jesus more than anyone, 
or any of us. He knew, he knew Jesus so much. And Jesus knew Peter. And when, so, so Peter knew the character of Jesus in that moment. And it was not his first reaction to hide. Listen to actually what he did. This is in John 21. We're just going to start, like, literally, we're just going to read one verse. John 21, verse 7. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. So they're out fishing, and he realizes it is the Lord. Listen to what he does. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put out on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and he threw himself into the sea. He, th- he did not hide in the boat. He threw himself into the sea. He got to Jesus as fast as he could. Notice something. He did not hide. He threw himself. And then he did not avoid breakfast because that's what we do. I'm just going to avoid this conversation. This is so awkward. I hate confrontation. No, he sat there and he had breakfast with Jesus. And then Jesus redeemed the past moment. Jesus said, do you love me? Yes, you know, Lord, you know I love you. Do you love? Yes, God, you know I love you. Do you? Yes, God, you know I love you. It wasn't Peter begging Jesus, do you love me, God, after I made a snake? No, Jesus was like, hey, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Redemption. And so what I'm trying to say to y'all is no matter what your past is, don't hide from Jesus. That's the person you need to run to. That's the person you need to throw yourself out of the boat and get to. Don't avoid confrontation. Don't avoid church. Don't avoid worship or prayer. That's the person you need to talk to. Yeah. Like, don't say, oh, well, what if he finds out? He already knows. Yeah. Like, he already knows. Like, <laughs> think about Peter's life. He did that at a charcoal fire. He's like, Peter, why don't you come sit on charcoal fire? <laughs> wink, wink. Like, he knows exactly what you did, and he's still willing to sit with you and make sure that you have the moment to redeem it with him because he's, he, he's got to redeem it. He needs you. He's like, hey, come sit with me. Like, let's talk. Like, you're not your past. I have such a good future for you. And so, friends, no matter what you have done, that does not define who you are. Um, No matter what you have been through, what your past is, what the enemy says that you are, no matter how public your past was, no matter if your past was posted, it's in your tagged photos, no matter if it was, you know, whatever it is, you're not stuck. You don't have to hide. God knows. He already died for you while you were a sinner. And you have hope for a future. You know, when you think about um, the gospel as a whole, that Jesus came down and he lived this perfect life, and then he took on the weight of our sin and died on the cross, that's a really, really sad story to think about that, that he just died on the cross for us. But then the story gets really, really good when you realize, but he resurrected mm-hmm. for us as well so that we get to be with him and bring glory to the father and be with the holy spirit that story is so powerful and i want you to realize that your story holds that miraculous power too but don't hide the past version because the reason why the story is so amazing is that he was dead like the reason why it was so shocking that he showed up to all those people is because three days before that he was in the tomb Like, the reason why it was so shocking that Paul was preaching is because he was once Saul persecuting. The reason why it was so shocking that Peter was known for his courage and his bravery and the rock he built church on is because he was so, he wavered so much. Like, the power and the beauty of the story of the gospel is the miraculous side of the change that happens. So when you say, like, oh, I don't want them to know how far I've gone. Like, oh, it's so embarrassing. Oh, they're going to know I've changed. 
well, you should change. Yeah. That should be that should be a part of your story. It, it should be something to say like, yeah, I actually did do that. And that is sad that I was that lost mm-hmm. or, that that, that, or that that happened to me and someone did that to me or that, that I was such in a bad place. For me, I'm like, man, it is sad that I used to be so jealous. Mm-hmm. That I used to be so fearful. That I used to be so uh, looking for love in the wrong places. That I wasn't just rooted in my demigod, God. And that was shown to the world to see. That, that is sad. But thank God that I met Jesus and that he made me feel so loved and that I know who I am and that I can preach the word. And when I look at myself now and when I look at myself then, and there's two different people and praise God, that's how it should be. There's another verse I wanted to read to y'all. And then I want to end with a question. But it's 2 Corinthians um, chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, Behold, the new has come. And that's it right there. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. So I want to ask you this question. This is a question actually in my book, and I thought this was fitting for it right now. What is a word that you've been declaring over your past today? I want you to think about it. When you think about your past, what is the word that comes to your mind? Is it failure? Is it lost? Is it abused, dirty, sinful, weak, um, jealous? What is it? What, what is that word that comes to mind for you? Um, and everyone out there, as you're listening to this or as you're watching this video, I just want you to take a second. And I know maybe on a podcast, it might be weird to have a moment of silence. But I think every now and then you need to silence yourself for the Lord. And I want you to actually think. When I think about my past, does it still bring me shame? And if it's bringing me shame, what is that word I've been declaring over it? Um, So we're gonna give that a minute. Just think. Now, I hope that you have that word in your heart. And if you feel shame for thinking about that, I want to encourage you today because I want you to change whatever that word is to another word, and that's redeemed. It's redeemed. It's made new. It's washed clean. And that is, of course, if you are a believer in Christ. But if we're going to be Christians and we're going to believe in Christ, the only way we're going to see the world change is if we truly change by the power of the gospel. If we truly let go of how weighty that past is and step into the the newness of our new creation. And so I wanna pray with y'all today. And then I'm gonna leave this room open for comments. We might post this in the podcast. We might cut the rest of this out because we're having a moment here. Um, And I hope that you are too. I hope that you welcome your friends into this moment because one thing about the past is, like I said, as long as it's hidden, the enemy can make you feel like you're stuck. But the minute you speak it out and the minute someone else can come in you, come with you or Jesus can come in you and say, no, that's not who you are, you're redeemed. And when you believe that, that's when change happens. So we're gonna pray, then we're gonna have a conversation and we can decide where this goes. God, I just thank you so much for, uh, God, the power of the gospel. I thank you, God, that we don't have to be who we were because you've called us to be someone new, God. 
We don't have to um, live just entangled and burdened and weighed down by the sin that we used to live in, but we can actually live free and whole and redeemed by the blood of um, God. You just giving yourself as a sacrifice for us, God. God, I thank you um, that you do make us new. God, I pray for just any sin that is just entangling someone's life right now that they still haven't gotten past. God, I pray that you break it off of them, break the chain. God, give them the conviction and give them the courage and the strength to move on. God, I pray that we would no longer let the world say who we used to be and the enemy say who we used to be and convince us that that's who we are. But God, would we be so rooted in the word? We believe so strongly the power of the gospel that we would believe without a shadow of a doubt that we have been made new. God, I pray that the world would see a difference by the Christians living uh, for who you've called them to be by the Christians living as if they're a new creation. God, I pray that people would say, didn't you used to? So that we can say, yes, before I met Jesus, before Jesus made me new. But now, listen to the life that I have. Listen to the life that I live. God, I pray that we would preach and proclaim your gospel, preach and proclaim your name. But God, I pray first and foremost that we would live the gospel, God. I thank you so much for all that you're doing, for everyone listening. God, if someone's never accepted Jesus into their heart, and maybe today they're like, wow, like I have been living in shame. I have been living in condemnation. I have been living a sinful life, and I want something more. I want to follow Jesus. I pray right now in their heart, God, that they would surrender their life to you, confess their sin, and give their life to you, God. I pray that they would not just let this be a private moment, but they would call someone and make their faith public. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing in people's lives, what you're doing here in West Monroe today. And I just pray that this word would go out and just change people from the inside out. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Anyone have any, like, comments or anything to talk through? And I know this is one of those moments where it's, like, really hard to break the ice. But um, (laughs) even if it's a random question, even if it's, like, how do you actually do this or that, I just want to create space to talk to y'all since y'all flew all the way here and um, got to share a word. Um, I think it's just crazy how you were talking about like how this message, like who would touch and like this was for me. Like I feel like wow. I really need it. I'm going to start crying. Sorry. It's okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'm so sorry. It's okay. You can cry. You can cry. Um, I grew up with an abusive dad and uh, hmm. Sorry, I just started crying. Um, and I feel like the Lord has been pushing me to share my story, but I did things in high school because I didn't have any male role models. I didn't have I didn't have a father figure, and um, I'm just still like today. Like as I was sitting here, I, all I could think about was how like you're so unworthy to be here. Mm. Like you shouldn't be here because of all the things that you have done. And um, this just really like impacted me and it was just really good to hear somebody mm. say that mm-hmm. say that I am redeemed like that was my old self like this isn't me Mm-mm. now no yeah it's just wow thank you for sharing that and I'm so glad that that was the word that I was able to share because like that was for you like we had a ton of people sending pictures and advice and we literally prayed like God show us the five and like you were one of them and then i prayed god tell me out of all these chapters which one to share and it was that one you know 
And so that was for you. And I do want you to know, like, we all did stuff, you know? Like, we all did stuff. And that's what the enemy would say, like, if they found this out, then, like, then you would not be able to be here. And that's not true. Like, even if we knew that, you'd still be the person to be here, you know? Because that's not who you are. And, like, definitely give yourself grace because, you know, sometimes life isn't fair you know we have situations happen to us we don't have godly role models and you didn't know any better and now you do and now you get to become this amazing person and so i'm so glad you shared and i'm so glad you're here that's awesome it's awesome yeah um i think it like along the same lines of what she was saying it's just like crazy like that you said routine because i feel like when you're stuck in so much shame like it just feels like re- like redemption isn't an option. Mm-hmm. And like our stories are very different, but I had a porn addiction for four and a half years. And like as a PK and like a girl especially, like that's not common mm-hmm. or like not talked about in the church. Mm-hmm. And so almost like reverse of like no one knew what was going on. So I felt like I was like living a lie mm-hmm. that like I was a Christian, but no one knew what was going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And now, like I'm changed but almost like I have to tell that part of my story and it's like it reveals back to like who I was Mm -hmm. and they see me for who I am now but like once they hear that part of my story like I it's like there's a lot of fear that that's who they will see me now yeah as if like I'm portraying something that I'm not Mm -hmm. but like I know and I believe that the Lord's like redeeming me yeah so confident in that yeah I don't know what you have to say to, like, mm-hmm. where it's almost, like, reverse, like, no one knows. Yeah. So like, when I put it out there, yeah. it's like, oh, like, so you're you're weird. Like, you did that. Yeah. That's dirty. Like, I can't believe that. Yeah. Like, I feel like it shifts things, like, in a different direction. Yeah. And so I didn't know, like, what you would have to say to, like, that. Or, like, for yeah. people, like, yeah. it's almost like the reverse. Like, oh, I totally get that. Well, first of all, I just want to say to you, you don't know how many girls say that to me. Like, in our DM box, in person, they always say to you, like, I have a porn addiction, and I feel like I can't tell anybody because no girl talks about that. People in the church don't talk about that. And so you are not alone. You are with a lot, a lot, a lot of people. And that is a huge tactic of the enemy. And when you're young and you get exposed to something like that, it is addictive, you know? And that, um, so, like, thank God you're free from that and you have been redeemed by that. But like, I think when you share that, people are going to say me too. And then they're going to be able to look at you. How did you overcome that? And I think one thing as far as like what people are going to think about you is I don't think that you can truly like, you don't need to convince anyone that you changed. Just show them. Mm -hmm. And that is hard because convincing them might be faster. It's like, no, I've changed. Like I haven't done this and blah, blah, blah. But like, if you just show them, and that's gonna be over time, then that's gonna be like the true powerful thing, you know? Cause it would be like one thing if someone said like, oh yeah, and then I break free for that, I'm not gonna do that anymore. But then you're like, okay, well, let's see it. But then like, if you just live it, then people are like, wow, like she really is new, like she's on fire. And when people see like you confess something like that and it doesn't stop you, but it actually like launches you into your walk with Jesus and like your ministry, because that's what, that's what those moments do for us. Like the moment with Peter, when he denied Christ three times and then God redeemed him, 
three times than right after he started the church. Like mm-hmm. it actually starts your ministry, you know? And when I say ministry, I don't mean like your platform. I mean like your literal ministry, like on the ground with people, like helping people make disciples. So like this is a moment for you to actually start your ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is by sharing, you know, you know, confessing, sharing. That's your testimony. It's part of it, you know? And uh, if people judge you, then people people didn't like Jesus, you know? Like, that's, that's actually part of it, you know? And you just have to know that you know that you know. It doesn't matter what they say. It's what, the, it's what Jesus says. And that's why I want to make the strong point of, like, people are going to talk. The enemy will try to come back again. That's why, like, you have to know who you are. And you have to be rooted in the Word. Because people are going to say rude things. It's just kind of unfortunately part of it but thanks for sharing that and i do think that you're on the start of an amazing ministry 